0: All right, we are back. Um, Janine, this is Get the Funk Out. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Uh, standing by to join us is my next guest, Dr. Leslie Korn. We're going to chat about her new book, The Good Mood Kitchen. Good morning, Dr. Korn. Korn excuse me.
1: Good morning, Janine.
0: I love your book. It's, it's really interesting. Could you talk about how you came up with this idea? Um, it's geared, you know, for emotional balance.
1: Absolutely. Well, we often consider what we eat for how we feel physically, but less often do we consider the fact that what we eat affects our mood, affects our focus and attention, affects our cognitive function. So that's what the Good Mood Kitchen is about, how to eat for a good mood.
0: And sometimes we don't realize, or I know when I was little I didn't realize that what I was eating was making me exhausted. I couldn't pay attention. Now as I'm older and I eat really healthy, I'm a vegetarian. um, It affects everything.
1: Absolutely. In, In some respects, we are sad because of the sad diet, the standard American diet of refined foods, of lots of refined sugar and refined flours and Poor quality oils, and if we don't nourish our brain, uh, both our first brain and our second brain in our gut, with good quality foods and nutrients, then we can't function any more than a car can function without good quality fuel.
0: How did this become a really big, you know, passion project for you? Did you have health issues, or have you known a lot of people, patients with health issues?
1: Yes, I've worked for over 40 years with patients, and, but it became something that was important for me because I uh, started my career in the jungle of Mexico, and I was introduced to indigenous people's knowledge about the role of food and herbs and plants for both physical health and mental health. And so when I returned from the jungle, I studied uh, at Harvard Medical School and the School of Public Health, really bringing together indigenous wisdom with biomedical knowledge. And what I found is that my patients, all of whom had both chronic physical and emotional distress, Those who changed their diet, those who got off the refined foods, the uh, pesticides, the um, synthetic foods, the um, artificial sweeteners, did much better. They got better faster.
0: Well, I'm always reading things about... Uh, inflammatory diet, you know, and you hear about uh, people with lupus or rheumatoid arthritis or whatever it is, and I've read that certain things will trigger, you know, people with those conditions.
1: Absolutely. Many people with the autoimmune disorders are sensitive or even allergic to certain foods. I think our biggest culprit is grains with these individuals. Uh, grains can be very inflammatory for some people. Uh, but as I say, the, um, the poor quality oils and the sugars all cause inflammation in the body. It's like um, kind of a low-level fire burning all the time. And that affects not only our gut and our ability to absorb nutrients, but it actually decreases all of the happy making brain chemicals in our, in our brain. Um, and so it definitely affects our mood as well as our pain. And that's why we notice that depression and pain go together because the common cause of that is inflammation. And the common cause of inflammation besides stress is the poor quality food that we're eating and not even knowing it sometimes.
0: It's, you know, we think sometimes like we we want some ice cream, but we don't realize that that ice cream is actually hurting us because we have a condition where we can't digest ice cream. It's like Absolutely. this endless cycle. Yes. And
1: the thing about that I stress in the Good Mood Kitchen is that this isn't about deprivation. Mm-hmm. You can always find substitutions, and I write about the principle of substitutions, Yes, we love ice cream, but the cow's dairy is very bad for some people. Indeed, only a certain portion of the world's population can digest cow's dairy without negative effects. doesn't mean we don't continue to eat it, but it leads to deleterious effects. And so I suggest that my patients either make or buy a coconut-based ice cream that's often made either with honey or a little stevia. Uh, And so you can still enjoy a lot of these foods. It's like chocolate. You can have a wonderful cocoa or make your own chocolate candy without the sugar and get the benefits from the chocolate. I've got a great recipe in the Good Mood Kitchen that makes chocolate almond joys. There's no better combination of food than chocolate, almonds, and coconut. And so make it for yourself and with your children. It's a great cooking lesson.
0: Uh, you have some great recipes, and, and you address a lot of common issues, trauma and trauma, trauma-related stress. People who have been traumatized often experience depression, anxiety, insomnia, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then you, you suggest different things, and I firmly believe in this, you know, changing up your diet, really. Maybe it's, you know, you have a food log to see exactly what you're putting in your body.
1: Absolutely, because we're often conditioned not to pay attention, not to think about the relationship between what we eat and how we feel. And so that act of keeping a log, of paying attention, I've got a a food mood diary in the book Mm -hmm. that says, what am I eating and then how do I react to that? We don't just get a stomach ache out of the blue, and then what are we told to do? We'll take a pill to get rid of it. But what we want to do is get at the cause. What's causing that stomach ache? Many people who are depressed are actually sensitive to gluten and sensitive to cow's dairy. And so I teach people ways to eliminate that or provide some laboratory tests that people can use to test that out.
0: I actually, the real key is staying
1: in touch with yourself. I yeah.
0: I agree. You have to pay attention to certain things, you know, triggers. I when I was little, I um, I didn't know this, but I was allergic to eggs, and cow's milk, and a bunch of other things. I had eczema, a lot of anxiety, and as I'm you know I've gotten older, I figured out you know, and I think I'm not going to have dairy, and I'm not going to have gluten, and it's not a big deal. There are so many other things I eat.
1: Yes, and you get the benefits from that. You're absolutely right that there's a very profound connection between cow's dairy and skin problems and depression Mm -hmm. and anxiety. And one of the things we know now is that not only do we have our first brain in our skull, but we also have the second brain in our gut. And the second brain in our gut communicates with the first brain. And a lot of our anti-anxiety and our relaxation chemicals are actually made in the gut and cow's dairy can interfere with that. And so that's one of the first suggestions I make to people who may have skin problems, acne or eczema, is get off that cow's dairy and find some alternatives to that.
0: I love um, you have a section, How to Stop the Sugar Addiction. You know, we don't realize sometimes we're ingest, ingesting sugar all day long, and it's so addictive. Could you talk about that a little bit? It is. and.
1: Part of it is becoming aware of what we're addicted to and recognizing that foods are drugs. Mm -hmm. And so let's understand that food is a drug and food is medicine. Let's be conscious about how we're self-medicating. We want to alter our consciousness, and we need to in our modern life, but let's do it consciously by using foods that are healthy. One of the ways that I get people off of sugar addiction is is by, for example, making that healthy chocolate almond joy recipe or making a chocolate coconut mocha smoothie, mm-hmm. because oftentimes when we crave sugar, what we really need is a little bit more fat and protein. And we're just coming out of this myth of fat as being bad for you, oh,
0: yeah. fat
1: is making you fat. It's absolutely not true. And so we've gone more towards the sugary foods. And so if you notice that you're craving sugar. Say to yourself, you know, it's not sugar my brain needs. It needs some more fat. And make a delicious smoothie that will boost your consciousness, give you energy and focus, and satisfy you. The other really great food for coming off a sugar addiction is sweet potato. It's naturally sweet. (laughs) And I have people make sweet potatoes, throw on a little bit of raw butter and uh, sea salt, and that's deeply satisfying.
0: I don't know if you heard me laugh, but that is my favorite snack. (laughs) I I eat them almost every day, and now my kids are into them. They're delicious. They're so good. Well, yes.
1: And, you know, people in Okinawa live to 110 because they eat sweet potatoes every day. Oh, that is (laughs) so So keep it up. (laughs)
0: Just something about it, especially I have a very sensitive stomach, that if I just need a quick fix, something... um, you know, I just, I actually have them with me right here in the station because I love eating them. That's when they're loaded with great nutrients.
1: They are. And the neat thing about it is people will often say to me, but I don't have time to cook or I don't know how
0: to cook. But with a
1: sweet potato, for example, you can bake up a half a dozen sweet potatoes on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. You can have one hot, you can store them in the fridge, you can slice them and add a little bit of butter and balsamic to heat it up. You can make a uh, kind of a uh, mix it with some eggs and some cream and make a dessert out of it, splash a little stevia and cinnamon on it. They're so versatile, and the idea is to make your food in advance and then you can grab it uh, when you need rather than not having food when you need it. And that's why I recommend crock pots too. They're a great way to make food, and throw some uh, vegetables, some protein into the crock pot. And when you come home after a long day, your, your stew is made for you.
0: I like that. You know, the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. And <laughs> uh, I'm glad I got a laugh out of you. And, you know, this, your book really related to my whole theme because a lot of times we don't realize what's going on with us. And it could be that we're really hungry. We have adrenal fatigue. You know, we need to take better care of ourselves.
1: Absolutely. And the other main point that I make in the book is there's no one right diet for everyone. For example, you've said you're allergic to eggs and dairy, but for some people, eggs may be a perfect food. You're a vegetarian and that's right for you. Mm -hmm. But for, let's say, a patient of mine from Greenland or or Alaska, they may do very well on a lot of blubber and protein and very low carbs, no vegetables or fruit at all, hardly. So, It's really also about identifying your genetic cultural heritage in order to understand how to nourish your your body and your brain.
0: I agree. And to never go hungry, like I I try to eat several times a day.
1: That is such a smart thing to do because we often go hungry and then our mood plummets and then we grab food to lift our mood Mm -hmm. and we don't realize that mood follows food. If we don't nourish our brain nourish our gut then our mood plummets our blood sugar falls and then we get irritable and cranky and start uh yelling at people and oh, yeah. wondering about the meaning of our life when all we really <laughs> need is a good uh meal
0: amazing you have a very interesting uh background i know we have to wrap up soon but uh tell me a little bit about your background you're also a Fulbright scholar. Well, as
1: I mentioned, I began my work, my studies in the jungle of Mexico. I spent 10 years living and working, running a health center there, learning from indigenous healers. And then I took that back to the jungle of Boston, where you can tell I'm from, (laughs) and uh, worked with psychiatric patients there, working with all natural approaches to healing mental health physical health. I work with mind and body. And Mm -hmm. so my passion is sharing indigenous wisdom and applying it in our uh, modern biomedical model to help people get in touch with their natural rhythms and their, their inner needs, both physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually.
0: Fantastic. Well, we do have to wrap up. I do want to say that I lived in Brookline for a long, long time. I went to BU. Oh, well. Yeah.
1: I'm from I'm from Newton, so we were neighbors. Oh,
0: my grandmother <laughs> lived in Newton. I'll have to talk to you offline. She lived in Oak Hill. Oh, well, yeah.
1: I grew up there, so maybe you oh, are half frost.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, don't hang up. I might have to chat with you offline. <laughs> All right. And let's not forget grandma's wisdom either. Grandma knew a lot about
1: food. Well, I don't know.
0: My grandmother used to give me things I would never touch now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Dr. Corn, we have to wrap up, but please don't hang up because I am going to chat Alrighty. with you for one second. It's been pleasure. a pleasure having you on. My pleasure, Thank Denise. you. All right. We've been talking with Dr. Leslie Korn, and if you want more information about her book, it is up on my show blog, The Good Mood Kitchen. And um, the blog is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Got to wrap up. Sheldon Abbott is standing by with Cure for the Blues. I'll be back next week. Have a great Monday, everybody.